Welcome to Your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Brent Sullivan. We're here. We're queer. Help! Textual healing. So we've talked about this a little bit before, um, but it's kind of evolved since then. So we've talked in the past about the idea that people were mad when... Taylor Swift wasn't political, being one right. of the biggest pop stars in the world. People were mad that she wasn't politically outspoken. <sighs> right. Then she made a huge turn and became extremely outspoken mm-hmm. and did like this song, uh, Every You Need to Calm Down and Everybody yeah. Who Was Gay is in the Video. And sh- right, it's all right. about, you know, LGBT rights and visibility. And so recently she was on the MTV Movie Awards. Well, and, can I just say, yeah. just on that more so political, she, the video accompanied, uh, a change.org initiative that got like a ridiculously high amount of signatures supporting um, telling Congress people to push the Equal Rights Act mm-hmm. and getting people to sign on. So, I mean, th- it wasn't just the video. It was actually she was taking action to push a piece of legislation that's very important. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was on the MTV Video Music Awards where she used the stage, the pulpit, to actually push people to go. No, well, not, not just to sign it. She pushed the White House to respond to it mm-hmm. and to, you know, to actually follow through on it. And um, they said that 24, 24 hours later, the, the um, Trump administration said they support equal treatment for all, but they don't support the bill because of poison pills. Yeah, there's, there's poison pills in the leg- in the. In the actual legislation, I believe right. is what they're saying. They always they always do that with everything, um, usually associated with gay rights or something. They'll say, "Well, it goes a step too far." Yeah, because of some some it's insane probably, scenario I mean, in which they they suggest that like an elementary school teacher could be fired from their job. Yeah, uh, you know, or something. You know, I mean, and, in this case, because the legislation is pretty straightforward in terms of it is it's essentially just about having equal treatment under the law for gender identity for sexual orientation identity all these different things and i think fundamentally the the things that they have problems with in the legislation is the trans stuff is the sure probably use of bathrooms etc that is likely pains me to say it but that is likely what that was about yeah and 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 but to that point you know taylor uh uh ostensibly sold, I think, near like a million copies of her new album in its first week, which is staggering for music now. Staggering. Yeah, right. So ultimately, my question is, do we now necessarily retract what we do? You th- have you has your opinion changed in seeing her not just become outspoken, which we especially I initially was like, eh, it seems kind of like a cash grab or like a way to like sure. monetize, <laughs> you know, publicity. But now it's like it really seems oh, like she's a bitch. She's putting her. I don't know. I have always loved Jade Jolie and I will always stand by Jade Jolie. <laughs> yeah. Jade Jolie. Who, Wait, who's that? He's Jade is a drag queen who she she is famous for doing Taylor Swift. And she was on the stage with Taylor Swift when oh, she okay. accepted the award. And John Travolta gave her the or wanted to give her the award thinking it that was Jade Taylor was Swift. Taylor John Swift. Walter and Twi- and drag? Okay. No. Uh, no. No, I wish. Although um, that moment made me think like maybe he's not gay. If he can't tell Jade Jolie from Taylor Swift, maybe he's just maybe. I think there's a lot of dumb gay people <laughs> out there. Sure. Um but uh I you know, it doesn't I I still think Taylor Swift is um 
really boring. But I, oh, I like her. I, I, I've never. Do, I, do you like? Do you appreciate? Do you have a new appreciation for her activism? I guess. Um. Yeah, I appreciate the activism. I appreciate what she's doing. I really, really do. There is a part of me that feels very uncomfortable with sort of. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying this word right. Corporatizing corporatizing um a a queer political message to sell album that's what sales, i agree with that, that too that there is a part of me that feels very uncomfortable about this it also that was my knee-jerk reaction a part of me is also saying even though i love that she's doing this i'm also like you should have really signed on like four years ago when miley brought all those drag queens on or like when everyone else when like when when I mean, gay rights is always a thing, and it always should be a thing. We should always be pushing for equality. I don't know. There's there is something very false about it because Taylor Swift, sort of like Madonna in the '80s, is a is one of those entertainers that every single album she creates and puts on a new identity, mm-hmm. a new thing. And yeah. there's something new about what she's selling. And I wonder, is this just is her queer rights sort of advocacy just a new thing she's selling or something she genuinely believes in? I don't know. But if it is something she's just is selling now, I'm grateful for the moment, mm-hmm. I guess. Brent, what do you think? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've obviously I, I think it's nice when someone speaks out. I, I guess I'm a believer that I don't know why we have to make these people always take I lot, totally agree draw lines in the sand yeah. like I, I think it's just sort of a given that most celebrities are liberal and I, I just think it's a sad it's sad that we I remember that one day like one day you log into Facebook and all of a sudden mm-hmm. everyone's screaming at Taylor Swift for not being political yeah. and it's like there's any number of celebrities who aren't that yeah. political yeah. and it just seemed like what about such Cameron a very... Mannheim where's Joan <laughs> Allen I want to know where Joan Allen I want to hear thinking. from Bob Vila <laughs> yeah I just it, it just seemed it just struck me as strange so I mean I always I, I'm always a believer I take her at her word I tend to think anyone who's been in this industry who's also under the age of 35 is mm-hmm. probably going to have a relatively progressive stance on so a but lot of she social represents, issues there is there is something very different about uh, the call for Taylor Swift to be political and speak her mind uh, than there is for someone like Beyonce or someone like Rihanna or other major acts you know mm-hmm. who are controlling sort of uh, the industry right now because fundamentally who they are and what they say becomes a political statement because they are part of a marginalized minority whereas Taylor Swift is the most majority she is the majority and she came from country music a a field that does not necessarily welcome outspoken necessarily women and also gay people sure and so there there are other Dixie Chicks very independent that were that were thrown out of the country music industry <laughs> right. for speaking their minds. I still think they're selling records. I they, well, I love the, them. but yeah, but they, they haven't they put out an album in years. For, I mean, it's their, like they're they're not descent, even getting right. work. Even the country music, they wouldn't sell or something. When Beyonce did a song with yeah with Dixie Chris, Chicks, it was like Chris a big deal. Album. So yeah. like there is, it is. I can see it being a big deal for Taylor for people wanting Taylor Swift to say something because she does represent a slice of the country that. Maybe needs a little shaking up. Michelangelo, shake it off. Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michelangelo Signorelli, who's like a yeah. longtime gay writer about uh, yeah. gay issues, he wrote about her in the in the Daily Beast, saying that she is like agreeing with what you said, Alan. That she really is a true threat to um, the to, majority. To, to the majority, in the yeah. sense that he says, you know, embracing celebrities as leaders on causes can always be a double edged sword. But that, you know, the way that the White House talked about 
um, the Equality Act in reference to her draws out the ridiculous the ridiculousness of the argument mm-hmm. and its political calculus out into the open. He said the Trump campaign's goal is to appease suburban straight voters who are repelled by blatant bigotry, and that includes many that are part of the huge Swift fan base while not devi- deviating from evangelical leaders' demands. Yeah. But Swift, um, he says, you know, Swift, as, as Swift herself said in an open letter back in June, you can't claim to support equality while supporting discrimination. And I think, I mean, you know, I had the thought when she was giving her MTV mm-hmm. VMA speech, speech or whatever. Did um, you actually watch the VMAs? No, I only watched the YouTube clips, and I I only watched for Lizzo because Lizzo's everything. Who's, uh, who's that? Who are all these? You people? don't know who Lizzo is? <laughs> no, who's Lizzo? Oh, that makes me sad. Well, Lizzo <laughs> then be sad. <laughs> Lizzo is Googler. She's incredible. Okay. You'll have your mind blown. Right. Um, uh, 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 yeah, she's incredible. But um, Siri, in watching Siri, it, Siri, make a note. Google. <laughs> I have Lizzo. a feeling listeners will hear you say <laughs> who's Lizzo and be like. Where are you? But How they, do you not listen to the TV? But they also don't or... know that Brent listens to like what is that orchestral thing that you listen to all the time? That <laughs> Chris, she's all over that NPR instrumental too. Crisp, what's that Christian music? Well, I, I, I mean, <laughs> Coventry look, of I, the I, Carol or something. Well, Coventry Carol is my favorite Christmas song. I do have eclectic taste in music. <laughs> well, I, but I've I always, always been open about that. Lizzo is one of those artists and one of the people that it's. She's almost becoming because she's having such a mass appeal. Mm-hmm. You have like. CBS This Morning talking about her. You have sure. NPR doing things. It's like the most random coverage. Usually it's isolated to like MTV, blogs, she's whatever. Very, she's, but she's charmed. Did Terry Gross interview her yet? I, I yes, she, she did has, actually. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Um, she's very quickly and succinctly um, trans translated uh, a sort of like queer slash alt type of style musically into becoming an, she's, well, her, and her, her, her song message. is number one in the in the country her, she's killed it and I think you met her at a yeah, party with her. Alana <laughs> you did meet her yeah oh, <laughs> yes she's um, great so anyway uh, Taylor Swift's yeah. message um, she one of the things that I thought is here's Taylor Swift creating the branding around her album which is very queer friendly there's mm-hmm. a lot of rainbows there's a lot of you know unicorn shit there's a lot of stuff happening and it's very queer and whenever taylor swift has an aesthetic to her album that aesthetic then is translated into the fans going to her shows it's a part of the performance mm-hmm. and trump voters people living in kentucky i believe that's where she no she's from she's pennsylvania, from, she's from pennsylvania um, yeah. but Trump voters in Kentucky, Alabama, whatever, are going to drop their kids off at Taylor Swift concerts surrounded by queer messages and by queer outfits and by rainbows and all these things. And it, in a weird way, it's going to force like yeah. there's this it's Taylor Swift is creating this divide between a new generation and the older generation. And it is it is interesting to watch. Yeah. Even if it is what we you know, what you want to call corporatizing of a message, which I totally understand and honestly agree with at the end of the day this is only positive it's only that's, yeah that's, that's one of these things i i'm always sort of struck by the left is that we always have to be so consistent about everything and that's obviously what i i claim to be in all my views i claim to be consistent but what's what's wrong with corporatizing a message if it's a righteous one absolutely i also like yeah. i remember that's during like, totally like during, uh, I remember, I'll never forget this. T. Boone Pickens was this like wealthy oil billionaire who wanted to build this huge wind farm in the Midwest. Yeah. And uh, we won't even get into the specifics, but I remember seeing an interview right around the time he made his proposal. I don't mm-hmm. think it came to fruition, in which he was interviewed on 60 Minutes, and the, the, the whoever it was that was interviewing said, said, "Doesn't T. Boone Pickens just want to make a lot of money?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And I was like, yes, of, co- of course he does. Yeah, yeah. Is that wrong? I want, I want, I want Tesla to advertise well, their cars yeah. to, to as douchey as they can to show how quickly they'll go from zero to sixty, so that they'll get everyone yeah. to think, I want to buy a Tesla. <laughs> it's right. not about not because it's about. Hold no. on, hold on. Not <laughs> no. because it's about. Uh, not because it's about making the world a better place, but because we're it's a pretty you're, car. You're tuning into what mm-hmm. people care about, which is going fast. Car go fast. Car, go, car go fast. Nobody is saying that it's wrong of Taylor Swift to make money off of this. That's not yeah. the point. Yeah. The point is, is this an isolated thing? Is it sure. corporatizing a, a a social cause, a social message, so that she alone can make money and have and move on to the next thing when it's no longer popular to have that message? Whereas you mm-hmm. have someone like Lady Gaga, for example, who years ago, I think it was like 2012, Born This Way came mm-hmm. out or something, so. and she started this message of sort of equality, inclusiveness, LGBT rights, and I mean, you can you can make an argument yeah. that she has maintained that message. Yeah. And yes, she's corporatized it. She made money off of sure. the backs of queer people, just like a lot of artists. But she also gives back to the queer community and consistently has over the sure. years. And yeah, so yeah. The, I, when I when I question it, I wonder, 10 years from now, will Taylor Swift <laughs> still be doing a video about gay rights? Right. Well, we, hopefully hopefully it won't be <laughs> such a con- contentious issue. I anymore. hope so, too. I, but clearly, to... clearly 10 years ago, t- Lady Gaga made a video about yeah. gay rights, and 10 years later, it's still a contentious issue. I still stand so, by the fact that I don't care what Katy Perry does. At the beginning of her career, she had two songs. One was called You're So Gay. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And then another one was called "I Kissed a Girl." Yeah. How about this? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe in ten years, Taylor Swift uh, will make a music video that I can be in, and it'll just be us throwing Alan off a bridge. Ah, <laughs> and if you can, you can throw me off a bridge when you know who Lizzo is, like the rest of the country. <laughs> Not even joking. Greta Titleman, hey, yes, hi. thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. You are a comedian. I am. You have a podcast called uh, The Worst. Yes, which you are famously on. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> In which we talk about the worst things. That is his biggest credit, actually. Oh, it's the first on his bio on his yes. website. Yeah. Yeah. What did I seen heard? On, heard on. What did I say was the worst? I don't remember. We were talking about so many things. We were, we oh, we talk were talking about, about um, juice stuff. No, we, t- we t- well, I think juice stuff is like normal. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about how the fear that we don't think exists anymore of people getting kidnapped. Oh, and like yeah. that, yes. that, that oh, wow. like, um, uh, Katie Beers. Yeah, yes. and the, the milk box? Like the milk, or the, the milk carton. Who took the milk Johnny? cartons, but Who also took... there was a place, like a roller rink, or not a roller rink. Oh, Spaceplex. Spaceplex. Yes, wow. they this were in Long, Long Island. This is the, lo- this right is the true crime story that that you that Brent and Alan I think it's kind of lackluster it's yeah. really oh, doesn't do it because right? I mean Lack she's okay, okay but yeah. when you're yeah. in it but yeah. when you're in it I'm it sure is. during it it's like a nail biter NBC yes. special but you are after the fact not so much white, it was a white trash uncle who made a bunker a soundproof yes. bunker true crime on underneath Long Island. his house and true you know crime what? on Long Island doesn't excite me it's always a bunker it's, <laughs> it's always, always a bunker it's always a bunker oh my god I wanted to be kidnapped so badly as a kid. Why? Because I knew I would like survive, and I also Why? knew that I, because I'm strong, I'm very, I'm back, and I'm convincing, and I can get people to do yes, things that I, I want. I think that it's yeah. like if yeah. you know your power of being yeah. manipulative as a child, yeah. which I probably we all knew. Yes. Yeah. 
You'd be totally I knew I'd be fine, fine. And I knew I knew <laughs> I would be on some television special and some agent would see me and they would be like, that's that it. fat fucker, he has, he has quality. <laughs> Didn't happen. No one you, wanted wait, me. You thought that was like your rocket ship to the top was I really kidnapped. thought that. That's why I watched so much Unsolved Mysteries because I knew yeah. if I solved a mystery, they would put me on the show because what kid is solving mysteries? You're just and like, I did. One of these days. Were yeah. you a precocious kid? Um, I like precocious. I imagine yes. Okay, to me, okay, it's funny that we're bringing this up because I was talking about, uh, we were talking about precocious kids the other day, mm-hmm. how like they can be so fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I would like to think that I wasn't an annoying mm-hmm. kid. Would you hate yourself now as an adult, looking back as yourself as a child? Like, would you like yourself as a kid? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so obsessed with like, old Hollywood yeah, and same. like wanting to like be a businesswoman. <laughs> really? That I just, yes. Yeah. That, I, I, would, I like, love you for that. I would like sit and pretend to read the paper with my mom and like pretend to like <laughs> oh, wow. know what was going on. Mm. I like was drinking coffee at the age of nine. I I wanted I, to be a mailman. That was like my I big loved, thing. I also like went through a phase of like wanting to be a receptionist. You yeah. Know? yeah. Just, there was like, like a month I where I wanted to work at McDonald's. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to work at McDonald's and I yes. wanted to be a bus driver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why a bus driver? Because I like the big wheel. And it's social. Oh, yes. And people rely on you. That's right. I understand that, John. And I had a crush on my Filipino uh, lady bus driver who drove in heels. And that's power. We've heard about her. But I'm not kidding. I still think to this day there are worse jobs than being a bus driver. Absolutely. I, I really... When I see them, they've got their route. Yep. They know what they're doing. You get By the way, great... they don't have to fill up. I found out. I asked them once. You don't have to fill up your bus what? with huh? gas. Oh. So you never have to worry about all you do is you drive it until it's low and then they like call someone who comes It's also and picks one it of the, like it's the scariest jobs for me because you 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 interact with some really scary yes. people. Wait, I need yeah. I need I need to go back in time and watch Brent as a bus driver if he has to pump his own gas. <laughs> I need that so bad in my Make life. Pit stop, like, guys. Me, also, I like that you're saying it's not that bad of a job yeah, because, because you don't, don't have, have to, to pump up. your own but, gas. Yeah. The, 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 the thing is, ma'am, can I ask you a question? But it's driving without the stress because you're in a bus, so you can't go fast. So you're never gonna you you never have to. You're in traffic, but what are you gonna do? You can't skip a stop. You I gotta think stop bus drivers whenever. are stressed I out. I think they're I'm very stressed they aren't, but out. But to me, as the outside Outsider, I'm like, oh. that would be, that's driving at its finest. You're just doing what community service. <laughs> I think that the only like upside of, be, I think that bus drivers get like good pensions. I think that yeah. like, the yes. state take care of you, I hope takes so. care of you or pretty the city, well. city at least. Yeah, or something. Yeah. But um, generally, I feel like it's a very dangerous job. I, I feel like in a, in a former life, or Brent would have been a trolley driver. Yes. Also, oh. <laughs> he doesn't have to go on the, it's just the track. You could be a one now hat. at the Americana here in Los Angeles. <laughs> Do you could do that. In also... my neighborhood, a guy owns a trolley. Really? What? Yes. Where do you Why? live? I live in Larchmont. Oh. And uh, do you know that restaurant, or restaurant, nightclub, Poor Vu? Yes. No. So he like pulls up his little trolley. It's like a bus though. No, it's a trolley, mm-hmm. a full on trolley. Is there a track for it? How does that work? It's on wheels, but yeah. like oh. it's yeah, it's an old yeah. cart, you know. It's like a yeah, fuck, yeah. it's like it's yeah. a bit. What's yeah. that, Uncle Ben's rice? What's the rice? The San Francisco rice? Oh, the yes, yeah, yes, rice aroni. Rice aroni. It's like the it's like Uncle the ben. thing from the sure. rice aroni. Yeah. I love it. You know? oh, and Brent, you can be jealous because my great grandfather was a trolley 
trolley driver in New York City. Well, you're that's great. amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's history. History right now, there, baby. I said, you impressive. know, when I was a kid, as soon as I saw the boss on um, uh, the Babysitter's Dead, what was the name of the movie? Is the Babysitter? The baby don't tell dead. mom the baby yeah, don't tell mom. the boss yeah. the redhead boss mm-hmm. I was like I want to be her like uh, I want her life I want her clothes yes. I want her attitude towards yeah, life you wanted to I be want, a boss I wanted to be a boss I wanted yeah. to be someone in po- not so much power but I wanted to want to fire people fabulous no no it had nothing to do with retribution oh. it had to do with me wanting to be fabulous and I wanted to be have no one could control me Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, get that. I think that the thinking <laughs> yeah. about... But his is like, I want to fire people. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. I think that my thing with like precocious kids is I'm cool with precocious kids if yeah. they're still acting like a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I think even though I had, you know, I wanted to be like a boss like endeavors as a child, I was still childlike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get annoyed with kids... Like Millie Bobby Brown, I'm like, bitch. She needs can to go away. We please. Yeah. Like, on, it's like you should be on a tire swing, why, not doing like just, makeup tutorials. I resent not, so I'm much like, that she's not with the other kids at the Emmys. Why is she walking alone? She doesn't deserve to be walking alone. She thinks she does. No. Also, she's like, I just read this thing that she's like per, now producing, producing a movie. I'm like, what's going on? No. Isn't she 13? She's literally 15 years old. Yeah. yeah, there's something weird about that. But then there's also like Tavi Genvinson, who was like. Fourteen, or not even. She was like nine and had like a lifestyle blog, and she's like, she's like real. At least the thing with her though is like, as a nine-year-old, she like took it upon herself to have a very strong interest. Yes, which I I, can. I'm into it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Versus like. Millie, like, yes. If you're I, listening, like, <laughs> she's Millie, not. If you're like, listening. Kick, kick these shoes off <laughs> yeah. and like smoke pot. Like, yeah. I don't know. I will say, I'm surprised that entertainment hasn't had a stronger push against nepotism, which is so big in this industry. I mean, it's what this and industry's based it's, on. It's, in a lot yeah, of ways. it's what it's based yeah. on. And I'm just surprised. I saw an interview recently with the child of a, a very wealthy celebrity, and. Uh, they she she was like I I can't wait to direct and produce and write and she's like mm-hmm. eighteen or something which is great I mean but it it's just it's like there's a lot of people who want to do that and it's it's you know, actually it's, a it's, uniquely it's kind of I don't know if it's, to, yeah. I don't know if it's uh, something that I'm sure it happens in other countries but it is a uniquely American experience very that much so. the idea of the family business and that and and even not just in Hollywood but in general you know you sure. you know if you're a doctor you want your kids to grow up and be successful yeah. in a field similar you know what I mean it's like a yeah. it's a it's an American thing but yet yeah, like, with, with, with Hollywood it's yeah. insane I like to think about Hollywood as like our country's version of royalty mm, where yes. this exists yes. in all other cultures around the world, mm-hmm. but since we don't have like a royal family, that's why we've become obsessed with like the Kardashians or yeah. when people became. I mean, obs- you're right. The you Kardashians know, are, are fucking royals. They yeah. are royals our in trash our bag country. Royals. Yeah, but like that's what Angelina Jolie. Why am I watching her take her kid to school? I don't. Right. This, yeah. I don't need to watch this. Well, we don't have like a family. Like truly, if we're the you... only country that has no royal family. Right. Pretty and much in like... the world. Do the Kennedys come close? Do yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I think the Do Kennedys you... are totally yeah. our political royal family. I mean, yeah. people still fucking die for them. Yeah. I'm yeah. like... Yeah. I... That redhead from Massachusetts, the congressman, oh my God, not only is he a looker, but he just makes me feel things. I mean, me too. Very I went to high school with to Kennedy's. Oh, because you grew up in D.C., right? Yeah, I grew up in D.C. Oh. Um, and I remember, like, 
my my mom telling her my aunt that like the Kennedys like went to my high school. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, wow. But but I went to high school with also other people that worked in politics, yeah. you know, and it yeah. wasn't just like senators. John kids. Tester's kid, like yeah, right. you know, <laughs> senators' kids were in our my grade sure. and like whatever yeah. else. But the, Ken- the Kennedys are just so like yeah. mysterious and. Alluring. I never thought they were that hot, though. To be honest with you, oh my I don't think God. they're hot. Are you kidding me? But they do you have an allure. They're hot. I would. Yeah, the, well, the, re- the one I find hot. Joe. But I don't think all of them are hot. Okay. <laughs> I think a lot of them are hot. JFK yeah. Jr. JFK was JFK Jr. No, can no, fuck. he looked like. <laughs> Someone who would take he would body. take something and choke you. That's what he looked like. And no, you know what? No, no. I'm down. Yeah. Like if, if I were to die by him choking me, bless me. You know, I'm always beautiful. fascinated by people who grow up in Washington D.C. because it's like it's such. I mean, I love D.C. I've always DC. loved D.C. and I love performing there. I love visiting there. I used to work there. Like it's a great city. And but people who grow up in D.C. it's one of the more segregated cities in the country, Absolutely. like in terms of how crazy insane the percentages are of like, it's like 70 or 80 percent African-American living in the city and a small portion of white. But yet white controls the entire city. Mm-hmm. And 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 you have such connection to power. But yet you have no power because you're not a state. Like, it's yeah. like it's such I know, a, it's yeah. actually it's no I mean, it's crazy that our our license plates say taxation yeah. without representation and I'm like shouldn't we fix that um yeah, I don't want you to our votes don't count like yeah. it's yeah I mean we're a rare the, the people that grow up like I did in DC proper thank you very much right. yeah, right. um, did your family work in politics yes um, it's a very rare breed, though. You know, mm-hmm. I hate it when people are like, "I grew up in DC," and then they grew up in like Rockville, Maryland, yeah. Yeah. and I'm yeah. like, "No, you didn't." Yeah. yeah, that's like someone being like, "I grew up in LA," and then they grew up in like San Fran- like San Diego. Yeah, and I'm right. like, "This is a completely <laughs> different a thing." Totally different world. It's a completely yeah. different setting. Yeah. Like you don't know what I'm talking. You about. You pay different taxes. I loved growing up in DC. I thought it was like a perfect combination of like city suburb because yeah. it was like. Mm-hmm. I grew up taking the bus everywhere where I lived, but then I had friends that also lived in, like, I lived in an apartment, but I had friends that lived in houses, so it was like I kind oh, of had this, fun. you yeah. know, we could be in Brent, a city. Brent and, loves the idea of growing up in an apartment. apartment. Yeah. That, I'm so jealous. <laughs> He's with that. Always, literally, my dream. <laughs> like, that's what you're obsessed with? Like, my dream yeah. is, like, what, what's, like, that apartment building in D.C.? Is it the Watergate? Yes. It's, like, it is actually a building? Yes. Yeah. It's known for we the scandal? We almost moved in there. Yeah. Brent just came. Brent just me. came. I've never been more jealous. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Watergate? They no, I've never been to the They yeah. just like re- redid it. Yeah. That is so. So, what was it like? What was it like? Because I, I just, I don't think I've ever met anyone who grew up in an, like an apartment building, like in such an urban really? setting. Like, like an urban setting. What about like, people oh. that grew up in New, New York? York. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. I don't. Claudia? Think I, Claudia Kogan. <laughs> All right, so I do have one friend who I haven't spoken to since 2007 who grew up in an apartment <laughs> building. But what was that like? I mean, I presumably the same or um, a I, little different? Did you go to a playground? No. no, uh, no. <laughs> oh I mean, like, I went to the park. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... I loved it. Yeah. You didn't know any different. I was also like friends with my doorman. And I was like friends with, like, especially when I got into high school, then it was like sick. Then, like, I could have parties on my roof. And, like, my doormen were cool with me. They knew that I was, like, smoking pot or whatever, like, doing whatever I was doing. And they, like, got my back. All my friends who grew up in apartments in New York were, like, so 
light years ahead in terms of everything. Yeah. They were just, just like, light years ahead. Right. And like, I think that the cool thing about growing up in an apartment is I think your parents subconsciously just give you more freedom yes. because yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, the there's security. There's even yeah. if you don't have a even if you grow up in a building that doesn't have a doorman, right, there's still right. like something that feels more protected. It's very adult. Or something yeah. Like yeah. That. Sure. I mean, did I've you know your neighbors it. and stuff? Like it's like a people this are watching. This is some real out. DC shit. Yeah. We had like two like princesses of Bahrain that yeah. like mm-hmm. were on our floor. Yeah, and then there was like another woman that I we never saw that I never knew. That's what's so yeah. amazing about DC is that it's 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 also one of those cities that every four years or eight years is a total turnover mm-hmm. of people who are it living changed, there. Ex- that's yeah, what right. I say to everyone. It's like extremely transient. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yet you also have like ambassadors' kids who come and you grow up down the hallway from you because they're. There have to work at the embassy I, or something. Yeah. I will add that I've heard that the gay guys there are absolutely insufferable. <laughs> okay, the gay scene, from what I can like glean from my one of my best friends from high school, gay man living in D.C. Since he grew up there, I don't, yeah. I can't get yeah. a good, yeah, no, just like sub- objective. But I yeah. do know from mutual comedy gay men that when they go to DC it's like bleak as fuck. Yeah. yeah. I've and heard I don't terrible. know what it is. I don't I, know. I've I've partied power. a lot. I've been to a lot of gay bars in DC and a lot of gay life in DC. My time working there but also visiting and it's sort of there is a separation in the gay world and listeners from dc please chime in on social media but where dupont is very dupont, west hollywood right yes it's west. very well, clean and like muscly the, and that's like like west hollywood like dupont like uh chelsea, chelsea. Not even, yeah. i would even hell's kitchen, hell's kitchen sure. more yeah. so like this kind of original yes. gay pocket but mm. there is a sort of alternative gay scene around like adams morgan adams, like, and like u street and yeah. where there's like art galleries and there's yeah. sort of weird things and weird parties H happening street, that and that area. shit is fun that well, is that's like, more like what's happening here and like maybe the, the echo side, park sure. yeah the gay scene exactly like at, like at the Watergate. what's the gay scene like oh there? there's probably a Brent lot on the down low. you know I what say. i think too i think that like it's different when you grow up there but i think if you are coming to dc there's so much like repression happening yeah. there sure whether it's people working in government or people working doing these like super high powered, super important jobs, yeah. there is a feeling like there's not that much. It doesn't feel free when yeah. you're there. You're never mm-hmm. like at a bar where you feel like everyone is like free Letting to be loose. me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's because well, yeah. like, it is so segregated. It's it's very, shockingly segregated. Well, it's one of the most segregated cities in the country, yeah. I believe, or at least it was when I was growing up. You can there. walk block. I remember walking blocks just from Dupont going, you know, into other neighborhoods and. You go like three blocks, and all of a sudden, it's a completely different neighborhood. And it's, it's like, like the same. Lines. It, it, it feels very similar to Chicago yes. in that sense. Yes. I also will say my experience with the gay community in DC. I flew in a couple years ago, and I remember logging into Grinder. This is the only time this has happened. Two guys within 30 minutes both offered to piss on my face. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I've never I had that if ever g- once I wonder if since. gay, like, but like twice because of minutes. that, that lack of, uh, <laughs> like you're describing, that lack of freedom. I wonder if that op- that oppressive nature comes out in these more fetishy, dark, yeah. darker ways where people are willing to piss on your face. Yeah, but also I'm I'm saying this too from like even in the straight like the hetero world of yeah. DC, 
I, you know, I have friends that still live there from high school that like love it and are yeah. so happy mm-hmm. living there. But like in my experience, there is still that like preppiness yeah. that yeah. I feel. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, are we still in a boat shoe? Are we still doing Wasn't there like a, a like a sort of a few years ago in the realm of message boards, but it wasn't it wasn't like that lo-fi, but there was something called like the Georgetown something. Yeah, I remember where peop, Right, where people yeah. would be like, guys were, it was like a lot of like posting and guys were like so deeply rapey and openly just um, toxic yeah. on this. Absolutely, mm. I mean, it's I grew gross. up in Georgetown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Georgetown. I grew up around like 900 thousand wasps yeah. that were yeah. just not yeah. even wasps like real wasps would disagree when i say this yeah. it's like <laughs> it's like a it's true 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 bro culture is right. what it is which is very different than the white anglo-saxon protestant vibe yeah yeah because bro culture that like the brett kavanaugh's of the yes. world were bred yeah. in that i knew so much like misogyny, abuse, mm-hmm. just like rape culture, Terrifying. as a and 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 like I don't want to use the word gang. I don't know how else to. No, like, I think that's gang culture. Yeah. Group thing. Yeah. yeah, like like guys like banding Fratty. together. For, yeah, but like yeah. aggressiveness. Yeah. But it's also this weird. There's that. There's a great documentary, uh, a series on Netflix about um the the church yeah, that does the prayer breakfast um, and how they sort of take guys like Brett Kavanaugh into the wing and they sort of, you know, get them to go out and, and have this sort of access to power. And fundamentally, it's the access to power that takes that toxic masculinity and then explodes it in a way that is terrifying, terrifying, yeah, I legitimately guess terrifying I because they know they're going to be OK. Totally. And like, I know. Did you guys grow up on the East Coast? No. Michigan. Yeah. See, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. But like the East Coast breeds (laughs) a specific type of person that does not exist like anywhere else. Well, they think they're better than everyone else in the country. And they often talk about their home place as. They do. No, I've always found that when I first got started coming out to Los Angeles, I started recognizing that coastal people in general love to give oh, broad sure. statements yeah. about uh, the rest of the country yeah. without ever knowing anything about the it's rest really of the country. That, what's that term? The flyover states? Yes. Yeah, which is so the most mean. demeaning, is ridiculous mean term. Thing. No, I yeah. was true. I was just in Chicago this past weekend, and I love doing shows in Chicago yeah. so much Chicago's fun. great. I went to school there. And I'm like, yeah. you guys are fun because you guys are just like fucking chilling. Yeah. You guys are like living here. It's nice. I've heard there's a bathhouse there that sounds terrifying to me. (laughs) It's actually it's actually very like normal. I've been to it. It's like it's 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 actually one of your steamworks. Right? More it's like a it's not a corporate, but it's like Dreamworks. (laughs) Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah, Yeah, it's called Steamworks. Elliot has a book of every bathhouse in the country. (laughs) Yeah. I wish that I could partake in bathhouse culture. I don't think you do. Really? It's very scary from the very little experience. It seems a bit like 
like predatory. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yes. And but there is intense. something very horny to me about like getting like coming in a steam shower. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah right. now, ask I, Elliot. No, ask Brent. <laughs> Greta, thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you and follow you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Gertie Bird. And listen uh, to the worst. And you listen to my podcast. And watch the your worst. amazing episode of Les Spookies. Les Spookies. Oh yes, watch me on so Les good. Spookies. Les Spookies. Yeah. Thank um, you so much for being here. Thank you for so having great. me. What thank a wham you, bam little time. Ba boom. <laughs> and another thing. When it comes to body mod, which is the short term for body modification, modification. <laughs> let's talk about it. Piercings, tattoos, body art, hair dye. What have you done? Um, I'm very conservative. I have yeah. none of them. I have none of them. Did you ever I, dye your hair? You know, I did. I, I dyed my mu- uh, mushroom top <gasps> right before my senior pictures. <laughs> what color? I bleached it kind of. It oh. wasn't like ble- bleach blonde, but it was like Orange. lighter brown. Uh, not a quite subtle, orange, but yeah. lighter brown, which could look good. It didn't look great on me, mm. and uh, but that was and I I remember very distinctly, for whatever reason, thinking that was like, like an undercover gay thing to do, and I was like, I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> ah, ah. And so I remember like bleaching my hair, and I got my senior pictures, and I still have like this. My friend, my friend said, my friend said it looked like someone pissed. You got my your hair. senior uh, pictures <laughs> like that? Really funny. I did. Oh, Were wow. your parents like? Uh, Upset at all? Oh, I don't think so. I was forced to get my hair colored back to my normal color for my senior <laughs> pictures. Yeah. What color did yeah. you make it? I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, everyone listening to the podcast knows I am all about modifying my body mm-hmm. in every way, shape, and form. Shave I, your eyebrows. I shave my eyebrows. I color my hair. I have, I had lots of piercings um, years ago. I don't take forever to, to grow back, right? No, not so long. I don't want to bury uh, the lead, but yeah. if I may. Yeah. And we can cut this if you don't want to talk about it. But I'll talk I, about it. I love the story about when you went in for surgery. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I so uh, for year. I mean, I have uh, I have lots of tattoos as well, and I had lots of piercings for years. And um, I had my tongue pierced, my eyebrow pierced, my both ears are still pierced. Like I a lot of piercings, and I had one particular piercing <laughs> um, that uh, everyone thinks is like a Prince Albert, but it's not. Um, I went with my ex-boyfriend in Chicago, and he wanted to get like the weirdest piercing, but he pussied out because he's a little pussy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I want a piercing that no one else gets. What can I get? And the guy was like, "Well, you can get your taint pierced, and mm. or chode, or however you call it." Um, I find a chode. lot of people. A lot of people don't know taint; they know chode. That's interesting. Chode's, yeah. chode's I know not chode's taint. Chode's a fat dick. Yeah, chode's no, like a people, thumb dick. I've heard people say chode for oh. that area. I've, I've heard. Grundle, I've heard lots Grundle. of different things because I I'm so used to calling it a taint. Yeah, but I, taint. I find a lot Under of carriage. A lot of people don't Under know carriage. taint. What's the word with pe- perennium? Oh, that's the that's the medical term, I think. Ooh, right? Boy. Yeah. Frank gets lighted from the term so, perennium. Anyway, I got my taint pierced, um, and I put a little hoop there. And for years, <laughs> for years, I I kept it after I had to get rid of. I went into. I worked more in politics, and I had to get rid of. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. You said like you. Ha- I for some reason imagined it being just like a little like stud. Stud. No, I wanted a hoop. <laughs> It was a hoop that had a ball connector, and it was sort of like oh, a, wow. you know, like one of those BDSM sort of earring yes, things that guys yeah. put in. That's what I had done oh, there. That's hilarious. And did you get pleasure out of it? Yes, public transportation was fantastic. <laughs> really? Yeah, because of the vibration. 
Oh. Yeah. Huh. It would sometimes vibrate if I was sitting in the right way. So you way. would get a tingle on the train just like Elliot. Yep. Wow. Yep. And the best thing about it, so like eventually over the years, I had to get rid of all my other <laughs> like visible uh, piercings and stuff, you know? And I, I but I kept that one because I was like, I'm bad. Yeah. And every time I would go home with a guy, um, which was like, you know, twice, and <laughs> I would spread my legs, it would always be this weird, like, whoa, whoa. didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And uh, Not like a dangling, yeah, hoop and then dreamcatcher earring. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. and it shows, I think you guys were even, or maybe just Elliot, <laughs> I forget, but it shows, um, <laughs> I would, I hosted this show in, in Brooklyn for years at Metropolitan Bar. And and I I loved doing it, and I would sometimes hang. I had my keys on a carabiner, <laughs> and I would sometimes hang my keys from my piercing. Um, so probably hundreds of people over the years have seen yeah. my yeah. balls just pulled up. Genitals, yeah, right? no, I'll show anybody. Well, my favorite, and, oh, sorry. And yeah. so anyway, uh, when I got cancer, I had to have surgery, and it all happened very quickly. And my taint piercing was the last thing I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember asking on the surgery table like the doctor like what should i do about this like and well, I, I thought the, i thought well, the scenario right, was just yeah, wait. yeah sorry, sorry and so then the morning of the surgery i was advised to like get rid of the tape like take it out and i had never taken it out like i i had it had been in there for years like i would clean it and stuff but i had never taken it off my body sure. and i couldn't get it off my you couldn't unhoop it. Yeah, so I had to have a friend help me. Sweet, oh. sweet Brian. Yes, help me take it off. <laughs> and uh, and wow. that's when you know you're really close with someone. Yeah. If they will unscrew something between oh, your legs. That's the best. Yeah. Um, but then, funny, so after, like, I get home from, and he just set it on, like, my nightstand, right? And <laughs> like just a so wedding I, band. Yeah, just so I could, like, keep it and maybe put it back in. And I come home, and I'm, like, uh, I'm, I'm bloody because yeah. I, I found out. I hadn't had surgery in years, and mm. I had especially never had like abdominal type surgery. Sure. And I'm the kind of person you're going to get squeamish, but yeah. I'm the kind of person that um, blood often recycles in your body after you have surgery. Mine doesn't. Mine wants to expel, oh. and so I would I was bleeding a lot, mm. and uh, there was one night that I was bleeding a lot, and it was just all dead blood. It wasn't like me actually bleeding. And um, Colleen, who I was living with, who was my best friend's mother, she is this amazing, sassy yeah. senior lady. She came in and she was going through my room and she picked up the taint, <laughs> the, the the earring or the ring, earring. you know, the hoop. And she was like, oh, what's this? Because she dropped it and she put it back. And I'm just thinking like, well, I didn't wash that. She's, oh, she's, God. She's holding. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, but I thought the scenario was that yeah. you forgot to take it out. Well, yeah. I, I didn't. I forgot at the moment because I was freaking out the morning <laughs> of, of. But then like, the doctor was like, you still have one piercing in. And you were like, oh, my taint. My taint. Yeah. Right. I know. It was, the whole experience was like mm, very awkward. Of course. And, but Brian but now, helped me you, take it out. But now, yeah, I never, I never got earrings. I never you got anything got a ton pierced. Of tats. Yeah, I have a ton of I have a ton of tattoos. Alan and I have sister tattoos. Mm -hmm. um, I have a tattoo that's a memoriam to B. Arthur, and I have the Mount Rushmore of the Golden Girls. <laughs> All the sure. Golden Girls. Yeah, um, which people I, I mean, often people. People it really works it. out that we're friends because, it like, does, yeah. people want to. Someone will recognize one of our tattoos, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they they won't know the other person's tattoo, yeah. and so then the other person will show, and yeah, it's like this it shocking statement. It blows their mind. Yeah. Wait, don't you have? Don't you have? Uh oh! I a see the, the smile studs. creeping up his face. So where are we gonna Would go you have with this studs, joke? Twelve studs up and down your booty crack. 
<laughs> like a rhinestone fly. A rhinestone. I'm all about body modification. Wait, I want. Mm-hmm. I saw a friend of mine um, through, from the House of Avalon Hunter. He was getting like uh, a tattoo, like a home tattoo. His friend, this drag home? queen, yeah, this drag queen Gigi Gigi Good was like just tattooing him at his house, just randomly. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I texted him, being like, "I want this. I want this now." Like I, wow. I'm so impulsive with that kind of stuff Are that you? like I, I just I want the memory. Yeah, but I you want have tattoos oh, that you wow. also want to get rid of. No, I never. I don't want to get rid of any of my tattoos. I, thought... I, 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 I don't ever want to get rid of my tattoos because I do think that the mistakes are beautiful mistakes and they are part of what makes me so funny I think mm-hmm. but I do have a lot of unfortunate tattoos that I probably <laughs> yeah. should have thought out more more so I have on my wrist uh, my first tattoo it's my astrological sign but it <laughs> but it looks like 69, 69 because yeah. I'm a cancer yeah, right. which right, became right. very sort of 69. you know it was like a it was foreshadowing for my future yeah, right. and then I have on my chest um, uh, the word zeitgeist but I got it in like a typewriter font, so it looks like like an Auschwitz tattoo. Like it looks yeah, like a really a little, unfortunate yeah, tattoo. Sure. And then the worst one probably is um, <laughs> on my back. I I the, I was getting a tattoo. Someone was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna donate money for everyone who gets a tattoo." So I was like, "Great, I love it. I hate AIDS." And um and yeah, so I assume the money was for AIDS research. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then cool. I got this red ribbon tattooed, and now and you know I. I, I, I'm all, I, I, I think if you're positive, you should be out and you should be proud and you should be mm-hmm. like talking about it. But I now, every time, not now, cause I'm with Michael, but like I had to, for years explain to people that I'm not HIV positive. Oh, I was right, just did it right, for, right. but it, it becomes this sort of, I have a bit of a scarlet letter on me yeah. that everyone who sees me naked <laughs> sure, sees, sees this. That. And it's also a bit of an AIDS tramp stamp because it like it's on, it's in that area of the back that could. Somebody sees it from behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Brent, would you ever get a tattoo? Have you thought about I, what you would get I if you thought, wanted to get I've one? I thought about it. The only, like the only things I'm that attached to are my own face, my name. Right, right. So no one's, no one's I'm not going to get my own face so you're not on, attached like, to yourself. on like my butt or yeah, something. Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, the only other thing I've, I like enough is the Giving Tree. So I've thought about mm, getting that's cute. the the shell, like the the. I'm already tearing up. Uh, no, I've thought about getting the Giving Tree from the Shel Silverstein book. Yeah. Uh, somewhere, but I've I've never been interested enough to actually. Do All it. over your back. Make I, it a yeah, huge right. back tattoo. Huge. I yeah. have the B. Arthur Spilling tattoo. I have. Yeah. A cloud blowing wind, but it's a disaster on my yeah, on my forearm. I hate it. Didn't like that one. And then I have a an artist. I who like I, that one. Yeah. I, I want to. I like them up. all. The one on my shoulder and like chest area is the like birds on a wire, mm-hmm. birds on trees. But it was done by an, an artist who does a beautiful type of watercolor. And unfortunately, she was like, "I'm not doing that right now. I'm doing." And it takes a long time to like get in with her. Mm. Took two years to get an appointment oh my with her. God. I and she was like, that. "This is my." like inspiration library and a lot of it was like that like French poster of that like lady looking in the mirror you know what I mean yeah and it was just very it was (laughs) too like Marshall's like you know TJ Maxx fancy yeah Um, and so I found a postcard of she was like I'll do that but ultimately I figured out what my next tattoo is what Mm. And it's been years, but I finally decided. So it's, I, it's the word "dick goes here" and then an arrow <laughs> pointing down to your your booty. Just home. actually on each butt cheek, yeah. dick slut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just right. Yeah. 
Uh, oh God, the way you guys paint me, even as a cartoon. <laughs> um, no, I'm you, you, like you guys. Obviously, no. I am terrified of the moon. Yeah, when right. it's bigger than a quarter. Are you gonna get the moon tattooed on no, you? No, no, no. I'm terrified of the moon when it's in the sky. If it's bigger than like a quarter, yeah. if it's bigger yeah. than that, it just he gets very upset. Yeah, terrifies me. So when every I'm, time I see a scary moon, I say, I tell him, <laughs> yeah. Michael, like Elliot's terrified. I, I get a few times. Yeah. Don't don't look at the moon. Don't look at the moon. Yeah. But I'm gonna get um the words fuck the moon. But I'm gonna do it in like beautiful cursive where you can't really see that it says fuck and then i'm gonna have the the o's in moon one will be the sort of <laughs> the like cross through sign like a no smoking sign yeah. and then behind it will be the moon but obscured oh bless his heart right, bless nice. his heart because <laughs> i'm terrified of the moon i think it makes yeah. sense yeah i'm gonna yeah, put man. what terrifies me on my body what do you wait what are you gonna do you have another idea for a tattoo anytime soon uh, yeah i want to get um the banana leaves around the golden girls oh, i want to fill that out a little bit that. i would love a golden <gasps> girl sleeve oh um, i yeah. love that banana leaves yeah. i met a woman at disneyland recently who loved the haunted mansion so much that she has her sleeve her right sleeve is all the haunted mansion that. which is like insane and i love it i um, love the banana i love leaves. that i love people who are so passionate about or who are so open to sort of artistic expression that just like go and do it do your parents what do your parents think of tattoos because my mom yeah very i i think my mom you know is of of that generation where tattoos were for sailors right. and bad people absolutely sailors. and so bikers <laughs> bikers bikers sailors and bad people right and it's so, it's changed very quickly though yeah and if the, and and you know it's understandable i mean my parents were like pretty i think you know if there's the old the adage is like you jew you can't get buried in a cemetery if you're jewish with a tattoo and it's like <laughs> it Lord. doesn't matter it really doesn't matter anymore no i mean everyone yeah. gets tattoos so i think at first my parents were like ooh and now they're like whatever i mean my yeah. sister ended up getting tattoos after me that were more like ornamental mm-hmm. um but yeah i think they were they were at, at the very at the beginning they were like oh that's <laughs> wow that's intense my, my parents, grandma my grandma hated it my parents yeah. to this day don't know how i make money so <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't care yeah. anything that i do they're, they're they're used to me making a lot of mistakes and just sort of likening it to just being creative i yeah. have one question yeah do you think there will ever be a resurgence of the gay earring the earring and what is right it, the right ear? Yeah, there is. That was I mean, such a thing for a moment. Oh, yeah. Well, in like it, 80s, I mean, in yeah. the 80s, yeah, because it was a political statement. But now I think it's just sort of, I mean, I often wear an earring. I don't do it because I'm gay, but I wear it in my right ear, just mm-hmm. one earring. I've Michael wears one earring in Wait, his yeah. ear. Wait, you don't do it because you're gay, even though you're wearing it specifically in your right <laughs> ear? I don't know. I just put it in my, I, I find I like the right side better than the left a lot of times. But do you, you know? think, do you think that'll be a, a it'll become a political statement again? Or, I don't or it's think just so. Kind of, I mean, yeah. because like, we know you're gay. It was, I for think... me, it was like terrifying <laughs> as a kid to be like, don't, if I get an ear, I don't get it in the right ear. Don't, it was like the gay ear. I yeah. think the next big political statement about, uh, like, uh, when we're talking body modification Taint piercing. Ah, I can't wait. Come to me. (laughs) DM me. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on the podcast today? Even I know who Lizzo is. (laughs) (laughs) My aunt Joanne would say, you absolutely cannot be buried in a cemetery if you're a Jew with piercings and tattoos. <laughs> I'd paint her to be a monster. She's the right. sweetest woman. Right. How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Aunt would say, I'm 100% that B. That's a Lizzo song. Because <laughs> it's everyone uh, wait, saying- Wait, 100% what? I'm, she wouldn't say the word bitch. So she would just be like, I'm 100% that 
Hundred percent that bitch. Well, thanks for listening. But I like that. No, it's not a deep cut. Everyone knows that phrase. It's not a deep cut. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am (laughs) Brent Sullivan, and I am one hundred percent that bitch. Starbanes Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.